He can't go back yet. Right. He wants to go back, but he can't. You need a montage. I was just going to say, yes. <laughs> you need a training montage. You need a training montage. Of him sprinkling the water with his fingers. Right. Painting the fences. <laughs> waxing waxing the bus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, story fans. Welcome to Almost Plausible, the podcast where we take ordinary ideas and turn them into movies. Spring is well underway, and with the weather getting warmer, at least it is where we are, we thought to get out into the garden for this week's show as we come up with a movie about a garden hose. This was another tricky one for me, so I'm excited to get to the pitch session and see what my co-hosts have come up with. My co-hosts, of course, are Emily. Hey, guys. And F. Paul Shepard. Happy to be here. Hopefully I don't lead us down the garden path uh, as I get us started. Uh, don't make me hose you down, Chef. Uh, I feel like you had that response ready. Maybe. You Maybe. knew I was going to be in pain. <laughs> it's like tradition at this point. <laughs> All right, I have three pitches. My first one is very short. Basically just garden hoses come to life for whatever reason. And maybe they act like snakes or vines. No idea what the plot is. That's just the whole thought. Okay, and they're murdering people, I assume, because when inanimate objects come to life, that tends to be Capturing what they do. Capturing them or, yeah, whatever it is. I so. mean, isn't that the secret desire of all inanimate objects? Yeah, we've abused hoses for far too long, and now they're getting their revenge. <laughs> yeah. Just left them out in the sun. Well, my brother keeps running over my hoses with the lawnmower, so it's totally understandable. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh. As long as the hose knows that it's your brother and not you who's responsible. That you're assuming a hose can tell humans apart. <laughs> we I all am, do look the same. That's hosest. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine it's not as murderous hoses, but like in the future where everything is smart technology mm. and uh, hoses place themselves in the lawn and like the, the kid is playing with the hose because it sure. moves. And so they make a toy out of it because that's what kids do. I got nothing other than that. Just a, you know, I mean, fragment of an idea based on that yeah. sentence. My next idea is a male pilot and female passenger survive a plane crash in the middle of the jungle. For various reasons, they don't expect to be found. So they decide to hike through the jungle and try to find civilization. The man says to grab whatever supplies they can from the plane. He gets food, water, flares, a knife, a parachute, maybe some other things. She gets a couple of small things and a garden hose. The pilot gives her a hard time for getting the hose, but she obstinately defends the action. He says, fine, but you're carrying it. Over the course of the film, the hose proves to be useful in several situations. Why is it specifically a male pilot and a female passenger? Are the genders important? Uh, not necessarily, but I like that he thinks that he knows. I like the idea of the mansplaining and I'm right. a man, I know what to do. And she's like, uh, fuck you, I got a garden hose. I've got this. I mean, I'm a man and I can think of several uses for a garden hose. Sure. But I mean, if you think about like a 50 foot garden hose, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. You got to lug it through the jungle. I'm, do you have a rope? Do you have some other alternative? No. Then take that garden hose. Just wear it over your head, you know, around your neck. I imagine this sort of romancing the stone type of vibe. That's what I was thinking. Very romancing the stone. Jewel of the Nile. Exactly. Yeah. King Solomon's mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore? <laughs> the 80s were so recent. <laughs> so relevant. All right, my final one. Some kids are playing in the front yard on a hot day, throwing water balloons and spraying each other with the hose. One of the kids takes a drink from the hose and soon collapses. He's rushed to the hospital, where it's determined he was exposed to a powerful and mysterious new narcotic. 
Enter our main character, a DEA agent who is investigating cases involving this new drug. Eventually, it's discovered that the drug can be fashioned into a rubber-like substance, which a cartel is using to make fake garden hoses in order to ship them across the border. Somehow, a shipment of these hoses actually got sold, releasing the undiluted drug into the world. That's a really good plot. Yeah, isn't that a Cheech and Chong movie that they could make well, stuff out of? Yeah, but I mean, that's a pretty common thing with trying to get drugs across the border is right. they'll make fake watermelons or they'll make fake statues with the cocaine or they'll make whatever. Is it weeds where they make like baby dolls or something? The plastic? No, that's, um, I don't remember. <laughs> I was thinking it's, it's another Michael Douglas film. Oh, um, with all the different stories yeah, in yeah, Mexico's and yeah. sepia traffic traffic. Yeah, that's in traffic. It's plastic and the baby dolls and they, that's how they smuggle it across the border. Yep. I've not seen that since it came out. It was fine. Yeah. All right. Those are my ideas. Shep, why don't you tell us what you have? Okay. Walking through the desert, you find the end of a garden hose. What is it connected to? Where does it go? This is a hose in a desert that goes off into the distance. Is it a very long hose? I don't know. You guess you'll have to find it to find out how long it is. Probably goes under the sand at some point. You pull it out and follow it. Yep. It's connected to a cactus that is the fountain of youth. <laughs> How do you turn it on? You gotta find the right spike. <laughs> turn the arm. Yeah. <laughs> like pump it's it quarter, up and down. Quarter turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Next is a garden hose that quote unquote refines water that flows through it. So flowers and vegetables watered with this hose grow big and beautiful. But what if you put something else through it? This is our magical realism. I don't know, unless it's made out of a powerful new narcotic and that just happens <laughs> to cause flowers to grow. Acts as an amazing fertilizer. Yeah. You accidentally drink from the hose and then you see the flowers as more colorful, but it's the effect of the narcotic. Is this just one hose that exists in the world? Sure. Okay. What happens if you put chocolate milk in it? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. My final pitch is a martial arts comedy movie where the protagonist has learned garden hose style and uses a garden hose as their weapon. They've got like noodly arms. Ooh. <laughs> I was thinking more like um, Jackie Chan when he does the rope and horseshoe mm. or like a Stephen Chow comedy. Yeah. Maybe the antagonists also use wacky items as weapons that you wouldn't normally expect. I feel like if it was a Stephen Chow one, it would start with some guy defending his village. Yes. And he just happens to grab the garden hose. And then that becomes his weapon of choice the rest of the film. Right. right exactly. That's it for me. All right, Emily. All right. I've got a few. So going off of your martial arts comedy, I have a superhero who discovers his powers by watering the lawn with the garden hose and he becomes the gardener and his trusty hose is what he uses to fight crime. He can make the water go into it so it doesn't have to be connected to like a spigot. It can be indestructible, use it as grappling hook, ropes, whatnot. It's like that Bluetooth garden hose video on the internet. Yeah. 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 Just thought it was an interesting idea. And I like the idea of him being the gardener. Not the fireman? No, because it's a garden garden hose, hose, not not a fire hose. hose. Yeah, but maybe he keeps trying to, like, I'm the fireman. They're like, that's a garden host. You're the The gardener. (laughs) We can make it a comedy and go that way with it. (laughs) And then he takes out all the water and he fills it with gasoline. He's like, fine, you want me to be the fireman? Lights it up. It's a villain story. You think it's a superhero story. All right. My next one is a door-to-door garden hose salesman is trying to make his fortune on the latest and greatest hose technology. And throughout this, he meets a quirky cast of characters selling door-to-door. And he does not, in fact, make his fortune and dies penniless and alone. (laughs) That took a turn. Yeah. 
Have there been great strides in garden hose technology that I am not aware of? Well, there's this new rubber-like substance. It's made out of a powerful and mysterious narcotic. <laughs> and it gives you superpowers. <laughs> it gives you yeah. superpowers. Yeah. makes your flowers grow extra pretty and bright. <laughs> I was thinking um, with the latest, greatest hose technology, I was thinking of the ones that shrink up and then you fill them up and they expand. Oh, yeah. I hate those. Yeah, those are awful. I've actually heard they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Third pitch is a young man obsessed with garden hoses. Who knows why? We can figure that part out. Uh, wants to set the world's record for the longest connected hose. So he's planning on getting as many hoses as he can and stretching them across the width of his home state. You just need the expandable one and then just yeah. pull it till yeah. it stretches that long. I was thinking this one could be like an interesting story of people coming together to create this common goal and have him fulfill a dream of his. And then he dies from his cancer because this is the hands across America again. Yeah. Right. Right. Does he get out to the desert and discover this really long hose already out there? Well, his his state is uh, Nevada, so. <laughs> he leaves that hose there. He dies halfway through in the desert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so my final one and my favorite one is also my shortest one. Serial killer uses a garden hose to kill his victims. He kills them by shoving it up their nose. And they bring <laughs> an old detective out of retirement to catch this returning copycat serial killer and it's the gritty welcome back cotter reboot that we always wanted <laughs> put a rubber hose up your nose yeah what would that theme song sound like <laughs> welcome back <laughs> welcome back <laughs> well i like it <laughs> get game kaplan on the phone we've got a winner <laughs> all right we've heard them all what pitch is jumping out at us as the one we want to run with I don't think we have a clear winner this week. No, this was a tough one. You guys both had fighting stories and I that thought had crossed my mind, but I kept thinking about situations where, OK, why would you grab a garden hose as a weapon? But all the situations I kept thinking of, like, well, then why wouldn't you grab like that stick with the spiky things on the end of it for like churning up the dirt? And or why wouldn't you grab a chainsaw or, you know, a weed whacker or anything else that would be a better weapon than a garden hose? Because the enemy is the one that grabbed the hoe. Yeah. <laughs> and all you are left with as an option is the garden hose. And you need some sort of weapon that you can get range on because yeah, there you go. that spiky thing is going to hurt. Do you leave the sprayer on the end of it and grapple things? Oh, yeah. If you grapple things, he can grapple up into a tree. Well, I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) We can go with it. I think they're all going to be equally difficult and satisfying. (laughs) I think we start with the martial arts. So the village is burning and the enemy is at the gate. Go. Oh, we're starting with this one. We're (laughs) We're not even looking at other options. Okay, no, this is we're going fast. That's fine. So what is the age of the main character? Is he an old retired martial artist or is he a young guy that studied martial arts but never took it seriously? Never found his calling, never found what he was really good at. Yeah, that's good because I could see either one of those working. Mm -hmm. The older master just grabbing whatever's handy because he's just that good. He can use whatever. Or the younger guy training to specifically use that kind of a weapon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm picturing like the older master being the Jackie Chan type. Current Jackie Chan, who's yeah, old yeah. and wizened, and uh, his martial arts style is use anything. Anything can be a weapon. Mm. Yeah. And his favorite disciple, who has the spirit of martial arts, who is like 
he has that root. He has that in him, but has never expressed it, has never shown it because he's never had the need to show it because he's never been in danger. He's never he's lived a sheltered life in wherever they live. Maybe there are moments early on where he's trying to pick up whatever weapon and he can use it for a moment. Like that spark is there and everyone can see it. But then the village gets invaded and maybe the old master goes off to fight and leaves the disciple behind. Hey, protect the house, protect the family, protect whoever else is there. I mean, do we have the village burned down at the beginning? Because that's a typical hero with a thousand faces story trope beginning. Yeah. What time period is this taking place in? Like, it's got to be after garden hoses were invented. (laughs) Nondescript semi-ancient China with garden hoses. (laughs) Well, it could be said in modern day where the old master is like, no, use all this old stuff. And it's like, no, we don't do that anymore. Does the master have him going and collecting like buckets of water to like stream in slowly? And he's like, just turns on the hose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just pulls the hose out and starts watering the flower. Yes. I want to see a scene where the old master has a watering can. And he's like doing Tai Chi style watering over the garden. Yep. To get it even and saying things like you yeah. need to evenly distribute the water so all the roots get the same drink. You see him like carefully stepping between the rows as part of his movement. And the young guy comes out in like flip flops and like basketball shorts and just <laughs> turns off the water and starts spraying everything down. Just spraying, yeah. <laughs> the old master has the bucket, but he's not pouring from the bucket. He's dipping his fingers in the bucket and flicking <laughs> yes. off droplets. It takes all day to water the flowers properly. And then it's the disciple's turn and he just turns on the garden hose. I like that as as imagery. I think that's a great opening. <laughs> so is this a small town? I mean, it must it be. It must right? be little... if it's a village that is being invaded for some reason. Yeah. Or it could be in the city and it's not a whole village being invaded. It's the communal space next to the apartment complex mm. where the garden is. It's like a gang of ruffians. Yeah. yeah. They want to take over that garden and turn it into their drug hangout. Right. So which way are we going? If, we, if we're going city or... I almost like it being in a city just because you're using the storylines that you would use for like feudal Japan or China and using it as like a city block in modern day China. (laughs) So that's why he has trouble learning from the master because the master is not accustomed to city life. He grew up in the countryside. That's what he knows. So he's trying to teach him a farming village. Yes, a specific farming village that he talks about because Mm -hmm. later when the main character has to flee, he flees to that village and meets like the other people from that martial arts family and they teach him the countryside ways. And then he returns triumphantly to the city and uses the countryside ways. So is the master killed early on or taken prisoner or something? Oh, he's got to be killed. That's the... Yeah. To inspire the disciple to seek his revenge. And the cops are all on the payroll. Obviously. Clearly. Yeah, this movie writes itself. It's almost like we've seen it a thousand times. (laughs) So I guess we're done. Um, Yay! Next week on uh, Almost Plausible. (laughs) It was all solved with a garden hose. I mean, I think we've got the beginning pretty well nailed down. You know, we see what that city life is with the master how he operates. We see that there's that not just a generational divide between the two, but methodological divide, I suppose, between how they approach daily life. The bad guys come in, master is killed in the initial sort of kerfuffle that happens there. Are other people forced to flee? Uh, Sure. Yeah, that's why the disciple goes to that that village, because he's got the other people from the apartment complex with him. 
He needs to get them to a safe place. You know, he needs to get somewhere that he knows they would be safe. And so all he can think of is his master's old village where everybody knows martial arts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, the gang invading. That's got to be led by the master's previous disciple. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who uses modern whatever garden implements. He knows of a perfect place for their drug hangout. Yeah. And he wants revenge on the master for kicking him out. Why is the master in the city now? Why did he come to the city now? Well, he, he was trying to expand his family's martial arts school. So he, he came to another small town to open a martial arts school and a city grew up around him. Okay. Hmm. So he's been there for 70 years. That's good. So he's still trying to keep to the old ways, but like the area that he can work in is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like the only place that has any natural anything is that community garden. Well, I was going to say maybe it's like his Kung Fu school or whatever that he's created. Because I think typically in a lot of these movies, you have a bunch of people who are at the school Mm -hmm. and it's a group of guys who defend the school or the city or whatever it is. But in this case, it's like him and our main character because nobody's going to Kung Fu school. This is a modern bustling city. It's so anachronistic. And so there aren't people to defend it. It's literally just the two of them. Yep. I'm liking it. Okay. So the old student comes in. There's a kerfuffle. Kills the teacher. Oh, there are orphans. The older teacher's been taking in orphans. And those are the people that he takes to the village. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they've all seen the faces of the guys who killed him. So they got to get out of there. Right. Yep. Because they're all now wanted or got a target on them. Right. So they get to... How do they get there? Do they... The bus. They just take the bus. (laughs) Or maybe there is, like, they have a bus. Because he opened a school. He, he had this plan right. to have, you know, going around picking up all these students. And it's like, it's unnecessary. First of all, we don't have any students. Second of all, we live in a modern city. There's public transportation. So the bus is, like, super old, worn yeah. out. Lots of backfiring as it travels out of the city. Oh, he should have to compression start the bus. He's got to, like, get it going down a hill. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to make their high-speed escape, and it's just going yeah. super slow. <laughs> So they get out to the country. They get out to the country. The bus breaks down entirely. They have to walk the last mile. Sure. Yeah. Where's the garden hose in all of this part? Uh, There is no garden hose in this part. Okay. He didn't take the garden hose with him. There's the one that's there that he was using, but. Right. But he left that behind. That works. Didn't know he would need it for a weapon later. Right. Conveniently, it's still there. Or it's not. It doesn't need to be that specific hose. Okay. How do the people in the village react to a dozen kids showing up? Does the main character know anyone in the village? I think maybe he knows of people in the village. Like the master's sister or something. Yeah. He has to have some sort of talisman from the master to prove that he was his disciple. Yeah. Okay, so they're confused because all this guy and a bunch of kids are just showing up to this village and they're like, what's going on? What's with that's so and so's bus? Where is he? And, you know, he shows up with the talisman and you get that nice moment of head bowed and then, you know, raising up the talisman and then women falling to their knees and crying because they know that means he's fallen and he's dead. Oh, yeah. And this village is desperate for people because everyone's moved to the city. The kids have all moved to the city. (laughs) No one's farming anymore. Oh, it's a perfect place for orphans. Yeah, exactly. They can earn their keep by helping out on the farms. Right. So they can stay there and they'll be safe. No one's going to miss them in the city because they're orphans anyway. They don't have to go back. So why would he ever go back? 
Yeah, that's a good question. He has to avenge his death. No, he's got there's got to be some other reason. The the girl that he left behind. Yeah. The shopkeeper that was nearby that he had a crush on that he would flirt with. She didn't evacuate with them because she wasn't part of that apartment complex that housed all the orphans. So she's in danger. And he keeps thinking about her. No, no, no. Someone comes from the city to tell him that the rival mm. gang, you know, the gang leader has taken a shine to her and is mm. harassing her and is going to force her to marry him. Yeah. Okay. I'm buying it. So now he has to come back to rescue the girl and also avenge his master. But he's not ready yet. He can't go back yet. Right. He wants to go back, but he can't. You need a montage. I was just going to say, yes. <laughs> you need a training montage. <laughs> you need a training montage. Of him sprinkling the water with his fingers. Right. Painting the fences. <laughs> waxing the on. bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that thing was broken. It is. We're not taking this back. How does he get that message? Who contacts him and, and how and why? How do they know where to find him? Oh, he just checks his email. No, he calls a friend from the city Mm. and to let his friend know that he's okay and he's alive and they're hiding out. And then his friend goes, oh, man, a lot's been happening here since you've been gone. Yeah, maybe it's taken them a few days to get to the village. They haven't contacted anybody. Well, even if they get to the village. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily contact his friend right away. He lets his master's sister know what happened. The orphans get settled. He's staying with the sister. He doesn't know what to do. Does he forget something that he needs to call to have taken care of? Like, send me this. This is where I'm at. We're settling here. I think he's just eventually calling to let his friend know that he's still alive. So like a couple weeks have passed. Or a couple days. Yeah. Okay. Does he have a mobile phone? Uh, he might not even need a mobile phone. If they have phones in the village, he could just call from a house. I was just wondering if somebody called him, wondering where he was, if the friend was like, dude, I went by the school and all these thugs are there and they've spray painted over the sign or whatever. What happened? Where are you? Oh, yeah, we had to bail. I'm in the country. They killed my master. I got these kids. We came out here to figure our shit out and they're happy. They're getting sunshine and exercise. I like the idea of it being a few days and the friend calls him because he's not thinking straight exactly, you know? Big adjustment going on right now. He's not thinking clearly. How would the friend... Oh, yeah, if he had a cell phone. Yeah. Right. Because it's still... It's a modern day world, so he's going to have service. It's not great service, but he's got service. I mean, either way it works, really. Yeah. Why would he be improving his martial arts? Does he start doing it because he's doing it to honor the Sifu? Or is he... Does he find out this news and realizes I need to help her, but I need to get better first? I mean, that seems like a a long training regimen for him to have to undergo to get good enough to fight this whole gang. It'll probably be too late. Yep. To save her. Yep. Oh, he doesn't save her. He goes back to rescue her and gets beaten down Mm. because that's the classical. Yep. Excellent. He loses his confidence, returns defeated, ashamed. Well, it gets, uh, what do they do? They cut the ligaments and make it so he can't move and break Mm. his Dantian and cripple his foundation. And so he's basically dead. And his friend, who was still in the city, carries him out to the village. Because where else can he go? Straps him on the back of his Vespa and drags him out to the village. Yes! Where he's all wrapped up like a mummy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. (laughs) And then when he gets back, the master's sister, you know, she's gonna help heal him, right? 
Right. She's an herbalist. Right. right. She has all the acupuncture. Yep. And as she's doing it, she tells him how her brother was saddened by the failure of the first student, but saw the real potential in this student and knew he was the one that would carry on the traditions. She just happens to have all of his martial arts books. Well, it's a family martial art. Well, yeah, she yeah. learned alongside him oh, yeah, growing yeah, up. So she's like, you were his favored student. He knew you were the special one. You were the chosen one. You have all the midichloria. <laughs> <laughs> what a good reference that everyone likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the least bit controversial. No. <laughs> I think it would be funny if the master was just the worst one in the family at the martial arts. He he's tried to start a school thinking that teaching it would help him learn it. Mm. But everybody else in the family, everyone else in the village is better at it than he is. I like that. She's telling him the story of how horrible he was at home. His mentality is growth through adversity and what could be a bigger challenge than trying to teach something you're not very good at. <laughs> yeah, that's why he could never teach it, even though the student had that innate talent for it. He yeah, could never learn yeah. it because the master sadly was bad at teaching. So the master kept trying to tell him anything could be a weapon and the master keeps using old style stuff and the student keeps using modern day stuff and saying, if anything can be a weapon, then this can be a weapon. He's like, yeah, but you're not using it right. You don't have the balance for that. Use this, this old wooden hoe or whatever, because then you could use that as a, as a weapon because it has balance. But it's like, that's not the teaching. The teaching is anything could be a weapon. So they were at odds over that. And then learning in the village from the rest of the family, he does use modern stuff with balance, as his teacher had always tried to impart to him. Mm -hmm. I just love the idea that he's there. If anything can be a weapon, then this weapon could be a weapon. <laughs> I could use this gun. Yeah. I see. That would be great. If the sister is also saying that and he's like, but I have a machete, I have a weapon. And she's like, go ahead and try to attack me with it then. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm sorry. I thought you had a weapon. Was that not a weapon? Oh, yeah. She just immediately disarms him, turns it around on him. He's down on the ground. She's got the machete raised over her head and says that I thought you had a weapon. Oh, here it is. <laughs> All right, well, I sense that a training montage may be imminent, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll figure out the rest of our story for Garden Hose. All right, we're back. So we're in the village. The guy's gotten his ass handed to him. Now he needs to learn the martial art to go back and save the girl of his dreams. How does that happen? Uh, the sister starts teaching him and he humbly starts learning. And then she has him learn from all the other old people in the village since they all mm. know it. And then you see like each orphan is staying with a different family and you see the mm -hmm. orphan training along with that elder as well. Is each elder a specialist in a different type of weapon? Sure. Yeah, I like that. And the sister uses that weighted rope thing. So that's why he learns the garden hose. Yep. Or he learns the style that he needs to be able to utilize the garden yep. hose. And then each of the orphans has their specialty. That's really good because you're not all trying to grab the same thing to use it. Right. You're going for the thing that you're best with. And so everyone has a different thing. Does he take the orphans back with him? No, he goes back on his own. But when he's on the cusp of losing, the orphans show up yeah. to take care of the henchmen so that the main character can focus against the lead bad guy. All right. Classic. How embarrassing would that be for those guys to have their clocks cleaned by a bunch of little kids? One of them wielding clocks. Yes. Yeah. 
He's there polishing it and like, no, I'm cleaning your clock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a face to face. He hits him in the face with the clock. Hey, <laughs> now you got me doing it. <laughs> I tried to even mumble it. Like maybe it won't get recorded if I say it quiet <laughs> enough. <laughs> so he heals up. He gets retrained. What has ha how long has it been? Is the girl now, I assume, married to the head gangster against her will? Yeah. Say it's been a month or more. It's going to be longer than that. Several months to a year. If it's a year, he comes back and she has a kid. Right. Yeah. Let's have that. Because then he, she can be like, it's my child's father. I can't abandon him. Yeah, it introduces some, some late story conflict. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> he beats up the bad guy. He gets to where he thinks the girl is being held against her will. And she's fine. She's not imprisoned or anything. She thinks it's her husband coming home. She's like, oh, darling. Oh, no. Invaders. What are you doing? Aren't you the guy that used to come by the shop that I used to keep? She just had no idea. He had this crush, but. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, well, yeah, he was kind of a douchebag at first, but, you know, he ended up being nice. He's and... passionate. Yeah. Yeah. He provided. I got this nice apartment. I could quit my job. Oh. I have this beautiful child. I didn't ask you to come back. It's the it's the waitress from Always Sunny. What's my name? And he can't. Re he doesn't know. So how does that end then? The resolution is he, he went back for her. So he does all this. He defeats the whole gang, gets to her. She doesn't care or even want that. So then he and the orphans all go back to the village and he has a relationship with the Sifu's granddaughter or something. Yeah, the sister's daughter comes back from college on a break. Right. Yeah. And he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You play the same music that's playing every time he sees the shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She comes back from her factory job in Shenzhen. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the coveralls and the, the right. big giant wrench. Strike of grease <laughs> on her forehead. She didn't come straight from the factory, I don't think. <laughs> so what does happen? Does he go back to the, the village and find love there? Do we not bother with a love story resolution for him? I mean, you could always subvert it and just not give him a love story ending. Yeah. Yeah, he goes back and his love story ending is he now accepts the old ways. No, he didn't accept the old ways. He was modernizing them. <laughs> oh, he helps modernize them. He reopens the school. I want him to stay in the village, but maybe he, like, you see them on the iPads, the old ladies playing Marshawn <laughs> iPads. Oh, wait, the, <laughs> the, the orphans could have introduced that. That's true. What is our main character's need? What is the lesson he needs to learn? What does he need to be happy? He needed to uh, reach his potential. He needed to embrace his destiny and, and use his innate talents. He needed to humble himself to be willing to learn the hard way to appreciate all the modern easy way. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot of growing up in this. Yes, he does. Do we need to actually discuss the fight scene and how he uses the garden hose? I mean, I guess since it's the purpose of the episode, we may want to <laughs> explore that it. a little bit more. So do they show up with modern weapons at all? Who? The orphans or the gangsters? Why does he go back on his own? I guess he feels that he can't bring the orphans. That would be irresponsible. Right. He doesn't want to take them because... He doesn't want to put them in danger. Right. He, they're, ha they're finally happy. They have this like life going on there. He's, they found joy. So he can't take them away from that. And they're young. You can't put kids in danger. Right. It turns out they're all better than him at martial arts. He is once again, just like his master, the worst student in the village. That's great. That's what the master saw in him himself. <laughs> he saw himself. He thought it was this like amazing spark. No, we're kindred spirits. That's all. 
That's very funny. All right. So that makes sense why he would go back on his own, gets his ass handed to him again. The orphans all show up because he's basically their master at this point. So they don't want to let him down. Or they think of him as the special needs sibling. Yeah, they know that he's in trouble. Yes. He's their mascot. (laughs) They need to defend their mascot. Yeah. They all come back in the bus, which has been restored and is like pristine. And they're like, just do maintenance, man. It's yeah. Change the oil, get some new spark plugs. It's not that hard. I watched the video on YouTube. It told me how to do everything. Live in the modern times. So they take care of the gangsters. He fights the head gangster who was also the former student of his master, which is all why he's bad at martial arts. They're they're equal. Is his plan to show up and grab weapons that are at the martial arts school? Or maybe he takes a hose with him, the hose from the village that he had been training with. I kind of like the idea of him just grabbing the hose there. Like he has some sort of a weapon that is, you know, he gets disarmed somehow because he sucks at it. Oh, yeah. He brings the machete. And they have him out in the courtyard and they think there aren't any weapons here. He's in trouble. And he ends up grabbing the hose and they all think, oh, what are you going to do with that? And then he ends up being very skilled with it. He brought a hose to a knife fight. Yeah. Yeah, And hose got range over a knife. (laughs) So he beats up the head guy, goes to where the girl is. She is with her child and is happy with her life. She finds out that her husband has been beaten up and goes out and like starts nursing him back to health. Yeah. And all the orphans stop fighting and they're all embarrassed. The orphans go back to the village. He stays and reopens the school. The head gangster and his wife are now landlords and like he has to pay them rent. (laughs) Yeah, the main bad guy, he was just in a life of crime to get money to go legit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you see them at the end, the two of them, the, the couple are talking to him like, you have to pay this much rent and you have to do these chores around the house. You have to maintain all this stuff. <laughs> Does he see the child, their child, and is like, I see potential in you. <laughs> I think it's more of like a right at the end of the movie, eye waggle toward the camera type of yeah. thing where it's like, mm, maybe potential for a sequel. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? I don't think there is. I mean, this is very cliche and tropey. Sure. I'd still watch it. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely watch this. Depends on the cast. Depends on the cast. Yeah. I think it would be a fun, fun movie to watch. There are a lot of places that you could put comedy in here. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some really nice uh, reversals or, or unexpected moments where we're moving away from what is expected. I see. I like that because it's very tropey. It's very cliche yeah. until the end where then then it's a twist. Yeah. It's like, oh, but the whole movie up to this point. He's supposed to get the girl. This is not how it's supposed to end. Yeah. I like, you know, he goes back to the master's village and finds out the master sucked. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> I guess that's already. Yeah. We're, you're already reversing things even yeah. at that point. That's pretty funny. I like that. I, I think, like you said, I would absolutely watch this. This seems right up my alley. So. It's almost like I wrote it. This is definitely a beer and popcorn movie. (laughs) Yep. Well, now I just want beer and popcorn. I know, right? Sounds so good. All right. Well, is that it? We done? Can you think of anything else? We have like 10 more minutes in the hour, so. (laughs) We are usually so short on time. Yeah. We're usually cramming at the end. (laughs) Emily chose decisively at the beginning and that gave us the extra 10 minutes. (laughs) That's true. Helps that there was a big montage, too. We're like, and then that happens. And then there's a big montage. This happened. And, yeah. you know, I think with it being fighting, 
who sits down and figures out all the fighting like that's the a, choreographer not right. the, not the scriptwriter not the screenwriter no. yeah the screenwriter writes insert fight scene here being a essentially an action film should the very first scene be a fight of some sort i really like the idea of you seeing him dipping his fingers in the water and flicking it and like close up of the plants in the garden i think that's later i think the first scene is a fight between the main character and a fly. He's having trouble hitting the fly. He keeps trying to do all fancy moves to hit the fly, and he keeps not getting it. And then the master just grabs it with chopsticks. Yeah, as he's walking by, hits it with the wooden hoe. (laughs) It would be funny if he's, like, clamoring around the room, knocking stuff over, keeps not catching this fly. The master hears this ruckus and comes in. Before he can even ask what's going on, the fly starts, like, kind of flies by, and he just grabs it out of the air, kills it with his hoe, like you said, or whatever. Or with a fly swatter. He kills yeah. it with a fly swatter. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's a fly. He's like, I have this hanging here for a reason. There is a tool for this. And then yeah. the student goes, Master, you said everything can be a weapon. He's like, yeah, we have the right weapon for this. Though. Yeah. Now I want the master to slip off his slipper and <laughs> hit him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Anything else that we want to add to this? Is there anywhere else the garden hose can... Do we see a hint of that earlier? Is he goofing off in the village using the garden hose like the rope weapon? Or is it literally just a spur of the moment? I have no weapons, but anything can be a weapon. That garden hose is a bit like the rope thing. So he grabs it. Or no. So he's out watering the plants and... Is this in the village? In the village. Okay. And so he stops the sprayer... And thinks of, he's like holding the garden hose in his hand. He's remembering his master dipping his fingers in and doing everything gently and whatever. And he takes the end off the sprayer and he's using the hose, but with his finger pressing against it. That's him doing the finger equivalent, the modern way that you would do it. Spreading the droplets out. So you see the droplets going in slow motion and like he's starting to get it. It's starting to sink in. And then like a fly buzzes around and he (laughs) whips the hose and it knocks the fly out of the air and kills it right away. And then that breaks him out of that enlightenment because he's so shocked at how easy that was. Mm, That's good. I like that. I'd like to see a scene uh, early on when they first get to the village and they're kind of helping out and stuff where he thinks, oh, I'm going to really take advantages. I'm going to do it the way the master wanted me to do it. And so he's out watering stuff with the bucket. He's flicking it. And the sister comes out. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? That'll take all day. That's gonna, yeah, it's going to take all day. Use the hose. You've got nine more <laughs> chores after this. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else or are we done? I think we're done. We're at a point where I want to watch it. Yeah. I think we're good. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Are we home and hosed or simply all wet? You can let us know via email or social media. Links to those can be found on our website, almostplausible.com. Also on our website are links to the many references we make, as well as complete transcripts for every episode. You can also leave a comment there telling us your thoughts on how the story turned out. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join Emily Shep and I next Tuesday for another episode of Almost Plausible. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.